0: In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen, I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverant Family Conversation, and it's great to be with all of you, as always. We begin our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary is the mother of God, Mary is the mother of the church, and Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. And also we pray in the Hail Holy Queen that Mary is our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's invite Mary to pray for us, to pray with us, and to be with us as we seek to do God's will in our lives. So let's pray the prayer that Mary loves most and that's the Hail Mary together. Hail Mary, full of grace the Lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb Jesus Holy Mary, Mother of God pray for our sinners now and at the hour of our death Amen. Now let's turn to our spiritual director. Our spiritual director is is the Holy Spirit. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to be with us. To help us to, to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Holy Spirit is known as the Paraclete. Holy Spirit is also the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of the soul. Holy Spirit is also known as the consoler. as well as our counselor Holy Spirit is our interior master Saint Paul in his letter to the Romans reminds us with these words he says we don't know how to pray as we ought but the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say Abba. Abba which means daddy or father. So let's pray the classical traditional prayer to the Holy Spirit. Begging the Holy Spirit to give us a lot of light and the fire of God's love to burn within our hearts. As you pray, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your Spirit and they shall be created. and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. World without end. Amen. Our Lady of Lords pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray
1: for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Scholastica, pray for us. St. Benedict, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. So my friends,
0: great to be with you. The family that prays together stays together. And I promise to pray for all of you in the greatest of all prayers. The greatest of all prayers is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. I'll be celebrating the noon mass today in the parish and another mass later on in a parish. will be giving a talk later on.
1: So I'd like to place all of you on the altar
0: because the prayer of par excellence is the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. There's no, no, there's no greater prayer in the world than the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. So we can place all of you on the altar for this greatest of all prayers.
1: These would be my intentions. First I'd like to I'd like to pray that all of us would be open to the Holy Spirit.
0: Our sanctification depends upon our union with the Holy Spirit, who is also
1: known as the sanctifier. Perhaps we can say this prayer during the course of the day. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Come come. Come, Holy Spirit, come.
0: Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary.
1: My second intention, I'd like to pray for your families, for our families, for conversion, purification, sanctification, perseverance, and grace, and eternal salvation. A lot of words there. But the
0: essence is we all want to go to heaven. As Jesus said, what does it profit
1: a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul in the process? My final intention, as always, I'd like to pray for the dying.
0: Yesterday when we were praying, there was an elderly woman that, that was dying and I asked you to pray for her. Her name was Natividad Delphine. So when we were actually praying, she was about to breathe forth her soul into the hands of the Lord. So that was very, very uh, timely, very opportune, very propitious that we're able to pray for this uh, elderly Filipino woman who uh, passed away yesterday morning around 7.30 when we're starting off our Perseverance Family Conversation. Let's pray also for those who will be dying today. Let's pray also for ourselves that we we would all be given the gift of all gifts. The gift of all gifts is the grace of final perseverance. So my friends, today, as always, we have a lot to cover. Yesterday I spoke about uh, Our Lady of Lourdes. I saw a movie two days ago in the theater which really deeply impressed me. So my talk was kind of a summary of the movie and my interpretation of that movie itself.
1: I'd like to end with some finishing touches on that movie of Lourdes. Tomorrow is actually the the uh,
0: feast day of Our Lady of Lourdes. I'd like to just pull out one idea. In that movie we saw Many sick, disabled, suffering persons who were heading to
1: Lourdes and the importance of the caregivers. Well we really saw in that, a lot of suffering. A lot of suffering. Some of you maybe saw it. Lisa and others maybe saw the movie. Very, very touching
0: movie. And I saw no previews before it, but what surprised me at the end of the movie was at the tail end of the movie they were actually lowering the people into the miracle waters of Lourdes. I was...
1: I was thinking that we were going to see several miracles, but there was not, not one... There was not one disabled person that was actually healed physically. But they were healed spiritually. That's the key. And the caregivers were sanctified by the love and the concern and the sacrifice that they're making for point in making is that
0: those who were helping out were sanctified by their service because they're really serving Christ in these disabled people.
1: Some are young, some are old, many in wheelchairs, but there's just a lot of suffering So let me like make a comment on this.
0: I the first year I went to the university at Villanova in, uh, I guess I'm betraying my age,
1: 1974. It's a university run by the Augustinians. One of my
0: first classes was a class on Religion, and the class was on comparative religions, in which we had a an overview
1: of the world religions, Buddhism, Hinduism, Islamism, Taoism. Shintoism, Zoroastrianism,
0: Polytheism,
1: Protestantism, Judaism, and Catholicism. Of all
0: those major religions, the only the only religion that really is is able to give a positive interpretation of Lord's, what you see there, which is human suffering in
1: abundance, is the Catholic faith. I repeat, of all the religions, of all the religions, the major religions in the world,
0: the only religion that's able to give a positive interpretation to
1: human suffering is that of Catholicism. And in that movie, in that movie, among the most touching scenes
0: were the relatives who are praying to the Blessed Mother for their loved ones, but also praying that they would be able to patiently carry the cross that God gave to them. Heart-rending prayers. Prayer is definitely pleasing to the Blessed Mother because Lourdes is the Blessed Mother appearing to St. Bernadette,
1: 1858. You have the Miracle Waters that have healed many. By that movie, none of them were healed.
0: So the point I'm trying to make is the following. point I'm trying to make is the following. He says, suffering is part of the human condition. Today we'll be talking also about Genesis chapter 3. One to eight, well, we have Adam and Eve, and we have the original sin. It was actually the first reading today. The reason the origin of human suffering in the world came came as a result of the original sin and actual sin. So because of sin, suffering and death came into the world because of the original sin of our first parents, Adam and Eve. Suffering, my friends, as we saw in that movie, immense and excruciating suffering on the part of many. Suffering. is neutral. Suffering is neither good nor bad. But rather it all depends upon how we interpret suffering. Suffering can make us either better or bitter. I repeat. Suffering can either make us better or bitter. So the first reading today in which Adam and Eve They commit the original sin from that original sin that you can read in Genesis 3, verse 1 to 8. Suffering and death came into the world because of original sin. (coughs) So that's the origin of the whole gamut. The whole gamut of suffering came as a result of the sin of our first parents. I'd like to tell you another personal anecdote building upon the topic of suffering. And I'm not saying that suffering is easy. We all suffer in one way or another. After my second year at Villanova in 1976 this summer, Villanova is in Philadelphia. There was the Eucharistic Congress that came, that took place in the city of Philadelphia, downtown. My spiritual director, who was one of the professors at the university, strongly suggested that I come to that. My parents were living in Massachusetts, and my director said he would house me up and... He wanted me to go to the Eucharistic Congress in Philadelphia. And I went. Some of you probably know that Eucharistic hymn, You Satisfy the Hungry Hearts with Gift of Finest Wheat. That was the theme song of 1976, which had become a very beautiful Eucharistic hymn. Bread of Finest Wheat. Maybe you've heard it before that was a the theme song, Eucharistic Congress, August 1976, Philadelphia. Now while I was there, while I was there, there were a series of talks, conferences, masses, confessions. There were booths or tables. There are booths or tables that were outside the convention center.
1: And we were invited to visit the booths in which there is someone sitting at the booth presenting their, their group and
0: offering us some literature. Sitting at the booths were individuals. Last, back, uh, 76, they were called apostolates. Now we call them ministries. Same thing. Changing the language a little bit, but really the same thing. Apostolates, or today we call them ministries.
1: And there are a lot. The Focalari. The Legion of Mary the catechumens, the Pentecostals, the Charismatics, Catechetical Group. The Focalari with Carolubic. Many different many
0: different groups. But something really captivated my eye. In the corner there was a a young, a relatively
1: young man sitting in a wheelchair. He was sitting in a wheelchair, and I drew close to him. And he had a big banner, ba- a big banner sign that said, "The Apostle of Suffering." This was very captivating
0: for me what does this mean the apostle of suffering because when I thought about apostle, I thought about catechesis and legion of mary and the charismatics and um, communion liberazione all these different groups but it never dawned upon, upon me the apostle of suffering what the heck did that mean so I drew a close. The young man welcomed me. And he
1: asked him, What is what does this mean, the positive of suffering? I'm not really sure what, you, what what this what this means And he said basically this Here we am a young man. I'm in a wheelchair and I'm paralyzed. I was in an accident and I'm paralyzed and I'll never be able to walk again. He said through prayer and discernment and spiritual direction, came to the conclusion that my mission on earth my mission on earth was to promote and is to promote the salvific value of suffering. That's right, the the salvific value of suffering. And I was talking to him It's almost as if like a a cloud was
0: dissipating from my view and I was able to see the sun. So at first I really did not understand the whole idea. A man sitting, a young man sitting in a wheelchair with a sign,
1: the opposite of suffering, didn't seem to make any sense to me. And I started to understand. he started to understand that in our society we have a tendency to canonize work, effort, success, applause, honors, prestige, overcoming oneself, conquering winning this is part and parcel of the american
0: society the aggressive almost
1: ruthless work ethic not to say that not to say that there's anything wrong with work but we can sometimes forget that work is not an end in itself. But the suffering in a
0: modern hedonistic pleasure-seeking society does not understand suffering at all.
1: Rather, would prefer to discard suffering as the worst evil. But that's not the case. In that movie that Lisa saw
0: and maybe some of you others have seen or will see, the name of the movie is
1: Lords, see all these suffering people heading toward Mary,
0: Our Lady of Lourdes. She's our life, our sweetness, and our hope. And for me, ironically, I was expecting to see several healings, but there was not one
1: healing in the whole movie. Physical healing, I'm talking about. Spiritual and moral healing, no doubt. One of the most touching scenes is you have this man who you see at the beginning very, look very sad, depressed. And
0: after being there for about a week, he's surrounded by his loved ones and a priest. And they said, how do you feel? And it took him about 45 seconds to react. And he said this, I love you very much. This disabled person said, I love you very much. And the reason why is because he experienced the love of God that was channeled through the people that loved him.
1: I think, my friends, we're hitting on a very important topic today. The whole reality of suffering.
0: John Paul II actually wrote a document, Salvifici Dolores. Salvifici Dolores is John Paul II's
1: document that he wrote on human suffering. Now in that movie, Lourdes, Toward
0: the very end of the movie, who appears in the
1: movie, is a very famous pilgrim. And a very famous pilgrim. that very famous pilgrim was John Paul II that he was visiting Lourdes and you could see that he was very aged probably only had another year or two to live you could see him suffering now my friends
0: If there's ever an an icon or a depiction
1: of someone who accepted the value of suffering,
0: any person ever really depicted an an icon of the value of suffering, that would be Pope St. John Paul II.
1: Not only did he write very eloquently on suffering but he lived it. He lived it. From his childhood up until he's going to die at 84
0: years of age April 1st 2005. He suffered under the Nazis. He suffered under the Communists. Then once he's a Pope, John Paul II is going to suffer very much. So if you really want to see an icon
1: of someone who really suffered properly, it's John Paul II. As I said,
0: suffering came from the first reading today. Suffering and death came as a result of the sin of Adam and Eve committing original sin eating from the forbidden fruit Adam and Eve disobeying God Adam and Eve following the astute trickery of the serpent who is the devil. That's the first reading today. So suffering enters into the world because of sin suffering and death Enters into the world through sin, but we can sanctify suffering. We can sanctify suffering. Going back to John Paul II, in his writings, de Dolores." It wasn't simply a theological treatise, but he lived it in his own flesh. John Paul II was only Pope for about two years, and it was May 13th. He was outside St. Peter's in the, in the square. May 13th, and he was greeting the people, blessing the children, and he was shot. He was shot in his stomach. And he shed profuse blood. John Paul II was rushed to the hospital. He was operated on. It looked as if he was going to die. Many people were praying for him. And thanks be to God, after a long convalescence, he recovered. That same year, John Paul II was shot and suffered so much physically He gave one of the most beautiful witnesses of love and mercy in the history of the church. It was Christmas Eve. He went into the prison cell of the man that tried to kill him and he forgave him. He forgave him for trying to and his life. So here we have the mystery of suffering and the mystery of compassion and the mystery of forgiveness. John Paul II suffered very much in his life. He also had a like a tumor In his
1: stomach, that had to be removed. He fell down and hurt himself. At the end of his life, you could see that he had Alzheimer's. At the end of his life, he
0: was drooling. At the end of his life, he could barely speak.
1: At the end of his life, he had to have a tracheotomy because he couldn't breathe properly. You could see his hand trembling. So really,
0: we see we really see the noble character of John Paul II. In his willingness to suffer until the very end, and as uh, Marie has pointed out, euthanasia is now the answer to suffering. Very good comment that Maria has made right now. That's true. Euthanasia is the exact—that's a good point, because euthanasia is
1: is the exact opposite of accepting our suffering. I'd like to add another erroneous
0: philosophical idea. Instead of accepting suffering as salvific, as sanctifying, not only is our society characterized by materialism,
1: but there's another erroneous philosophical system. And I've posted for you a very long word. It's called utilitarianism. Euthanasia. Euthanasia. And utilitarianism are in the same concept. Utilitarianism, my friends, means this.
0: This is part and parcel of the American societal fabric. This was this was developed by John Stuart Mill as well as Jeremy Bentham, some political philosophers of the 19th century. The essence of utilitarianism
1: related to euthanasia too is you have value. You have value in proportion to how much money you make, how many material possessions you have. In other words, your value is directly commensurate or related to what you have.
0: Once again, turning to Pope John Paul II. Pope John Paul II says,
1: this. Pope John Paul II says this. It's much more important being than having.
0: And doing flows from being.
1: I repeat. It's much more important much more important being than having.
0: And our doing flows from who we we are. Now Adam and Eve committing the original sin that we have in the first reading. This is called, I call it a moral tsunami that has its repercussions until the end of the world. I repeat the sin of Adam and Eve that we have in the first reading today it is a moral spiritual tsunami that has its repercussions until the end of time that all of us are born into a world created in the image and likeness we're created in the image and likeness of God which God creates many many wonderful things and they're all beautiful But we cannot deny that suffering exists. We cannot deny that suffering indeed does exist. Suffering does exist. Now, this being the case, as I said, either suffering can, can make us better or it can make us bitter. Suffering can make us either better or bitter. It all depends on this. Maybe you remember as a child the nuns that taught you and are good Catholic parents taught us these three words. you remember that? Offer it up. offer it up. So suffering my friends can make us either better or bitter. it all depends on what we do with our suffering it all depends upon that one thing what do we do with our suffering what do we do with our suffering If we do not accept our suffering from God and conform our lives to God, then suffering can make us bitter rather than better. Saint Maximilian Col- Colby, Saint Maximilian Colby one of the greatest saints in the modern world who suffered martyrdom in the concentration camp in Auschwitz in the early forties. Colby says that the spiritual life has three different steps. What are they? We have to learn how to pray. We have to learn how to work. But then Colby goes on to point out suffering. This is Saint Maximilian Colby who died in the concentration camp. We have to pray. We have to pray. Prayer gives us grace. So we have to work. St. Benedict gives us the ora e labora.
1: We have to pray. We have to work. Ora e labora. But then we also have to learn how to suffer.
0: So Adam and Eve... Because of their sin,
1: God allows suffering to come into the world. Eve, God
0: meted out to Eve as well as all women, and most of you
1: understand this. You'll bring forth children... In pain and suffering. That is one of the... That's
0: one of the... That's God's reaction to the sin of Adam and Eve. So the woman will
1: suffer by childbirth. Adam different. Adam told God told Adam that he was to go out to work.
0: And to earn his bread by the sweat of his brow. See, it's a good idea, my friends, to meditate upon the sin of Adam and Eve and recognize the consequences of the sin of Adam and Eve. And to teach ourselves, as well as our children, that that actions do have consequences. As the poet John Donne said, no one is an island unto himself. We're not living in vacuums. But we do influence others. We have a a, a domino effect on others by the way we live. Either we, either we, we, we shed light or we cast shadows, right? Either we illuminate or we cast darkness. To so Jesus in the
1: Gospel and Sunday said, "You're the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. So let's respond to that question. Okay,
0: we have to suffer. We have to suffer." How can we sanctify our suffering? In a certain sense, the sin of Adam and Eve, when we celebrate the Easter Vigil Mass, we sing out what St. Augustine taught, O happy fault, O happy fault. So this sin that we read in the first reading today, this fault, this failure, this moral transgression of Adam and Eve, is a happy fault because God can bring good out of evil. For not for the sin of Adam and Eve, then we would not have Christ coming in His incarnation, Christ living among us us in the flesh for 33 years, Christ suffering and dying on the cross, there we have His suffering, the suffering of Christ, Dying on the cross, Good Friday and Calvary, and then Jesus <coughs> rising from the dead. Jesus rising from the dead. So, if it were not for the sin of Adam and Eve, we would not have the redemptive work of Christ in His in the Paschal Mystery. So the essence, my friends, of salvific Dolores, as Lisa has pointed out, suffering is so valuable. The essence of the positive effects of suffering is is all related. It's all related to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ it's as simple as that so related to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that Jesus himself assumed our human condition by in his incarnation but Jesus Christ he suffered He was a, he was an innocent lamb led to the slaughter, as we read in Isaiah. He was an innocent lamb that was led to the slaughter. So Christ, sanctify, Christ sanctifies all forms of suffering. Suffering will make us either better or bitter. But Christ suffers, uh, Christ sanctifies all forms of suffering on the
1: cross. So, any form of suffering you might be experiencing
0: you have to unite it to the cross of Christ.
1: Otherwise, instead of becoming better, we become bitter. United to the cross of Christ.
0: and you're suffering, my friends, there's many different ramifications of suffering. There is physical suffering as we saw in the movie of Lords, these disabled suffering people. There's mental suffering that we've all suffered, we've all experienced probably.
1: There's emotional suffering. At times we experience great fears. There's family suffering. Probably all of you suffer
0: in your family because you have members in your family that are not close to God as you'd like them to be. There's societal suffering. We see things happening in society, especially with the reality of abortion and this whole transgender ideology that makes us all suffering. Saying, where is our world heading?
1: There's a type of societal suffering because of this. There is moral suffering,
0: which we bring upon ourselves. We bring upon ourselves because of our wrong choices in the
1: spiritual life. There's spiritual suffering. In which we pray and we go through dryness and darkness and aridity, that's a type of suffering. There's suffering because of the death of a loved one we've all experienced. These are the different forms of sufferings. But once again, all these
0: different types of suffering can be sanctified if we
1: unite them to the cross of Christ. And not only that, but we place our sufferings on the altar. Replace the sufferings on the altar in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And when I as a priest, I lift up the chalice, I lift
0: up the paten, which you have the body and blood of Christ, you have the crucified Christ there in every holy sacrifice of the Mass. I'm lifting it up to the Eternal Father. There you have the innocent Lamb of God who
1: takes away the sins of the world. And once our suffering is united to the cross and our suffering is united to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass which is Calvary renewed.
0: The fruits of Calvary are renewed every time the Holy Sacrifice
1: of the Mass is offered. Once we do that, then, my friends, our suffering has infinite value. So I'd like to invite all of you
0: Lisa, Adriana, Marie, Letty, all of you, to share this, share this talk with your friends, because many people do not understand the whole purpose
1: and value of human suffering. Share this with a friend. And may the prayer of Saint Francis, who had this stigmata,
0: He had the wounds of Christ as well as Padre Pio. May the prayer
1: may the prayer of St. Francis be our prayer. And that is we adore you O Christ and we bless you because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.